0: Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Policy Shop. We're less than two weeks away from the November 8th election. Are you tired of all the political ads yet? Government unions are running ads claiming Amendment 1 would be great for workers and have no effect on your taxes. Wrong. Here to set the record straight is Miley Smith, staff attorney and director of labor policy at the Illinois Policy Institute. Miley, welcome. Hello. I'm so excited about this one. I love when you take uh, the claims from the other side and then debunk them so neatly, which is what you've done here. So let's, let's just talk big picture. What's the biggest argument that vote yes on Amendment 1 supporters are pushing? Like, how do you describe their, their claim for why it's a good thing?
1: They are claiming that this is going to help all workers. If you are an employee in the state of Illinois of any entity, this amendment is for you. This is going to help you. It's going to protect you in the workplace. And that is just not at all true. Um, it actually, the, the right that the, there's a fundamental right to unionize and bargain that is created by this amendment, but it only applies to about 7% of adults in Illinois, those who are employed by the state or local government. So these claims are incredibly misleading that somehow this amendment is going to protect pretty much everyone. If you have a job, it's gonna protect you. That's not true. It only can apply to the people who work for the state or local government, about
0: 7%. What are some of the other claims that you're hearing the mo- hearing cited most frequently
1: that just aren't correct? Another claim is that this amendment is like what other states have done, that there are three other state constitutions that have provisions like Amendment 1. Um, but In fact, no other states have any provisions like those in Amendment 1. So, if when you look at the text of the amendment, the amendment has four provisions. The first thing it does in the first line is create a fundamental right to unionize and bargain again for state and local government employees. It says all employees, but it's just for state and local government employees. It expands bargaining beyond wages and benefits, those things that we typically Know part of collective bargaining at the table. It expands it beyond that to include broad new subjects, including this undefined idea of economic welfare. And then it prohibits lawmakers from ever enacting taxpayer or business friendly reforms. So for example, if they realize, lawmakers realize later, wow, we expanded collective bargaining through this amendment far beyond what we ever intended. We wanna limit The subjects that government union leaders can demand, they couldn't do that. They would be tied into this amendment. They're forever prohibited from restricting subjects or restricting when government workers can go on strike. And then the last thing that it does is really the only thing that can apply to the private sector, and that is a ban on right to work. So that's a lot. There's four provisions there, but what's important for people to know is that no state constitution has any one of these provisions, let alone all four of them. It's no state, anything, yeah. why,
0: why do they say this? Because I know that the states that the Vote Yes Camp sites, they always are pointing to Hawaii, Missouri, and New York. So why are they saying that? Is there any basis in reality at all?
1: <laughs> There's really no basis in reality at all. The only thing that those states, particularly Hawaii, Missouri, and New York, have a line that creates a right to collectively bargain, which this creates a fundamental right to unionize and bargain. And a lot of people won't realize that in the legal world, that is not the same thing. A right to bargain and a fundamental right to bargain are not the same thing. Um, A fundamental right puts it on par with your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech. And in a court setting, it is a much, there's a much stricter standard for evaluating laws that might um, infringe on that right. So, this places it, it the highest type of right that you could ever have in our country. That is what this is. And so, when you look at these other states, none of them do that. None of them expand, none of Hawaii, Missouri, New York, none of them add this idea of economic welfare being on the table. Um, none of them prohibit lawmakers from acting. And in fact, Hawaii it, it does the opposite. Um, government employees have a right to bargain under their provision as provided by law. So the amendment in Hawaii actually defers to lawmakers. It allows them to legislate and create this collective bargaining right in the context in which they have these rights. Whereas Illinois amendment one is doing the opposite. Um, so there's really other than just that, oh, there's a right to collectively bargain. There is no nothing about this amendment that is similar to anything else in the nation.
0: Something else that's been a focus more recently that I've been interested in um, is this focus on money. What will it cost? Um, You can't even turn on like Sunday night football without seeing an ad on this um and it's really interesting so one of the most recent ads that's been put out has implied that there's no there won't be any effect on your taxes if amendment one passes and you know we've basically showed look if nothing changes property taxes for the average illinois homeowner are going to go up by 2100 that's if nothing changes if amendment one passes then we won't be able to do things like uh, reform the cost drivers that are pushing up your property taxes. And in fact, government unions will be able to demand whatever they want, meaning that $2,100 property tax hike jumps. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I've been really fascinated by this. Not only that, you know, the claim that there's no impact on your taxes, but also the focus on money, you know, the camp that's pushing the vote no message has about, I don't know, I think $2 million in funding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which we should note our advocacy arm has contributed to. Um, but I the on the other side, the vote yes camp, which is funded by these government unions, has about $14 million, over $14 million. Um, and most of that comes from union dues, right? And union dues come from tax from dollars. So yeah. it's crazy that anyone would spend time wondering where the $2 million comes from, in my opinion, when, you know, that's the David camp, the Goliath camp has over $14 <laughs> exactly. million. What do you think about that?
1: I, I think that there is a huge misconception about what government unions are really like and this is a perfect example, um, government union government union leaders are the driver in our political landscape in Illinois. Like you said, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones that are out lobbying um, at the Capitol, dictating to lawmakers what they can or can't vote on. Um, they're the ones that are, you know, reaping in, well, for example, we know that The sitting lawmakers who voted to put Amendment 1 on the ballot, they received about $15 million in the the years leading up to the last election um, from government unions and from unions in in general. So, you know, they are being lawmakers are being funded by the unions lawmakers are being pressured by the unions it's lawmakers who are it's it's unions that are the strongest special interest in Springfield. And yet they like to look like these government union leaders are are supporting the little guy, but the little guy is the taxpayer who is under the thumb of government unions and having to pay for all of their extravagant demands.
0: So they're using our tax dollars to lobby us to agree to hike our taxes.
1: <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Um, What else has surprised you in terms of sort of these false claims that are being made by, by vote. Yes. Folks.
1: I think, you know, another one is that this is going to be good for our economy, which this goes hand in hand. I think with the tax issue, uh, that this is going to create jobs. Um, This is going to drive out jobs. We are already seeing major companies fleeing the state um, Caterpillar, Boeing, Citadel, just this year, the parent company of family video. There are, there are too many. I haven't memorized the whole list. There are so many businesses that have left Illinois this year. And when they leave, they cite Illinois' poor business climate. And you know where they're going? A lot of them are going to, right, to work states and states that are not, um, run by government unions and there's a clear message there that illinois already is an unfriendly state for the for businesses um i think it's chief executive magazine chief just just listed out the states that are the you know best and worst for business and um Illinois was like the third worst. <laughs> so we're already in a crisis where businesses are, are are leaving Illinois, they're taking jobs with them. Amendment 1 is going to make that worse. It doesn't just drive up taxes on um prop, you know, individuals, it drives up the corporate property taxes. It drives up taxes on these businesses that are providing jobs and they're leaving. So this is not going to be good for our economy. It's not going to be a job creator. It's going to make that exodus of jobs and people worse. And our economy will suffer for this, not get better.
0: Yeah, and it's not just small businesses or big businesses. Of course, it's also small businesses. You know, we hear from all these uh, small shops talking about how they've got a storefront and the property taxes are twenty dollars to $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's so frustrating i think it's you know good job unions you've done a good spin job on this but uh this is a tax issue it's a cost of government issue and this whole like right to work red herring is just baffling like i don't care about right to work right now we're not talking about right to work we don't have that here
1: we're not and it's not anywhere on the horizon it was never it was never even you know another i guess myth that we're seeing by um, proponents is that, oh, Illinois, political winds shift. We need to cement these rights in our constitution right now before someone like a Bruce Rauner comes in and tries to take them away. What is so disingenuous about that is that it, right to work was never even close to being passed during the Rounder years. Um, so it, it's not even like we were close to passing right to work in Illinois. It's not anywhere on the horizon. Um, currently, Democrats have a supermajority in our General Assembly. Like, I don't even know that right to work has been introduced in the last four years in our legislature. So this is very disingenuous. It's, it's trying to convince workers that they need to vote for this when it's completely unnecessary and their rights, they will still have the same rights if this amendment doesn't pass because we already have very broad protections for workers and our state laws. Um, the only people that this really benefits are the union leaders. We have a story on our website right now from, of, about Reverend Binion, who is a former union member. And one of the things that she said In her interview is that in all honesty, if and she's talking about the commercials, which we were talking about, and she says, in all honesty, if the gentleman standing in their ad isn't a union boss, amendment one won't help him. And that I feel like is the message that these workers need to hear. Like this amendment will not help you. It will drive up your taxes. um, And the only people this is going to help is those government leaders who are pushing their own agendas and their own pet projects. This is not an amendment to help workers.
0: Yeah, it's a special interest constitutional amendment.
1: It is. Yes. Know,
0: Miley, you've been serving up master classes on this for months. <laughs> so thank you again for talking about this issue. Uh anything else you want to let people know?
1: I think they just need to make sure that they are are talking about it and and sharing about it because we know that when people understand that this is about taxes and not about so-called workers' rights, they're going to want to vote no on it. Um, They need to share because the amendment itself is misleading on its face and proponents are not being truthful. So, you know, people need to get the word out, talk with their neighbors, um, explain to them that this is going to raise their taxes and it's going to drive out business. And we need to make sure that union, government unions are not in control of our state. All right. Well,
0: thanks again, Miley. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit illinoispolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of the policy
1: shop.